Not many people are unlucky enough to have multiple experiences they can truthfully write about on this subreddit, and I thought I had my fair share of creepy experiences. Then, yesterday happened. So, for context, I have recently, within the last few months, moved to York. And after the first month there, I had decided to start taking the bus, because I had figured it would be cheaper than paying for gas all the time. This all happened when I was waiting at the bus stop after work. This guy, who I was assuming was homeless because of his disheveled appearance, was waiting for the bus as well. He asked me if I had any spare change, and I told him that I didn't. This seemed to make him angry for some reason. Multiple times, I caught him glaring at me, and it was enough to put me on edge. But then the bus came, so I was relieved a little. I got on the bus, paid with my prepaid ticket, and took a seat in the very back seat. The bus was pretty crowded and noisy, so I put my headphones and started to listen to a podcast. Soon, the creepy homeless guy was out of my head. The bus pulled into the transfer station, and I got on the 5W, sitting in the back like I always do. That's when I noticed that the homeless guy had also boarded the 5W. This sent some waves of anxiety through me, but I couldn't believe that he was following me, and I really thought it was just coincidence that he was taking the same bus as me again. So yet again, I tried really hard to keep him out of my mind, which eventually worked. I got off the bus and started walking home, my earbuds still in, listening to Adventure Zone. Amnesty, if anyone's wondering. I walked up to my house and opened the door. My pit, Lily, greeted me like she always does. I actually got Lily after what had happened to me and Katie. This is when things got creepy again. Lily started barking, which she never does, and she was staring out the window above my kitchen sink. It was the damn homeless asshole. It looked like he was fiddling with the window, trying to open it. I ran outside, Lily on a leash barking at the man and tugging against the leash. I told him that he'd better fuck off, or I'd accidentally lose my grip on Lily's leash. He took the hint and left. I haven't seen him since, not even at the bus stop. I've considered calling the police, but there's honestly not much to tell them. I probably will call them and report the homeless man, so hopefully he doesn't try this with anyone else. So this incident happened when I was 17 or 18. I was with my friend Anne, just hanging out at my house. It was spring or summer, so the temperature for being outside was nice. So I suggested we take a walk on the trail in my neighborhood, since Anne loves the outdoors. Big mistake. So my house is really close to the beginning of a walkway. We start strolling and talking about our lives. When we see this guy ahead of us with a fishing rod, he was probably in his 20s, 5'10", and had dark hair and glasses. He was walking towards us in the opposite direction, and we assume he had just tried fishing by the lake that was where we're headed to at the end of the trail. Right before he passes us, he looks down at the ground and starts mumbling about something, then looks at us awkwardly and says, 
This is a good time for the worms to come out of the ground, since it's just rained and all. My friend and I look at each other with a sort of weird outlook expression and said, yeah. We kept walking. We've made it ten steps before we see the guy turned around and was now following us, going in the same direction he just came from. Now, of course, this freaked us both out. He had a very intense, socially awkward, creepy vibe to him. My gut was screaming that something was off. So naturally, in a state of panic, I called my dad. I started talking and make it sound like he works for the police. I know, not the most believable thing, but I was young and full of adrenaline. The guy is still strolling behind us, though he slowed his pace. I hang up with a very confused dad wondering why I was having essentially a one-way conversation, and we get to the end of the trail. Now, let me set the scene here. There's a line of trees on either side of the rockway, with people's backyard on one side and the other side of the lake to the other. Once you emerge, there's an opening field with a hill, a canopy sort of picnic table setting, and a slope that takes you to a graveled area where you can sit close to the water. At this point, my friend did not want to stay very long. The guy headed down the slope to the water, where we saw another man in a dark-colored outfit. Ann and I walk up the hill and sit down, trying to get some distance between us. After about five minutes, she turns to me and says, I'm really uncomfortable with them. They keep looking over at us. I'm pretty oblivious, so I had no idea. There was a construction worker on a crane right nearby, so I felt a little bit safer, but Anne didn't. So we stood up and started to walk the other way home, which is over the hill and onto the road lined with the houses, avoided going into the arid direction of the slope and trail. The guy sees this and starts walking up towards the hill. We see this and start power walking. They speed up as well. At this point, I'm freaking out as is Anne, and we start running. They run after us, and after making it down the hill onto the road, we see the man outside the house on the driveway about to get in his car. Sir, sir, there's two men chasing us. One has glasses. If you see them, please stop them. Thank you. I managed to say with labored breath. He nodded and looked very concerned, looking around the bend as we took off running again. I have asthma. I started to wheeze and slow down, and yelled that I didn't have time to stop and dragged me along. We quickly glanced back and didn't see them, but didn't want to take a chance, so we sprinted back to my house and got to the front door. It was locked, and my parents weren't home. I forgot the key, so we looked at each other, terrified, and sit on the porch, as hidden as possible. After about 20 minutes, my mom gets home and we run inside the garage into the house. I didn't go walking on the trail for two years. And now, I always bring a mail with me. So to the two guys who chased me and my friend, let's not meet again. So this literally happened 30 minutes ago. I'm driving to work and it's about 3.30 a.m., I take three different routes to work, but I've been taking the same one 
for a while since there's construction everywhere else. I'm driving down the road, and on either side of the road, it's all subdivisions. I'm listening to a podcast, trying to keep myself awake until I can get some coffee. I start getting this uneasy feeling in my stomach, but I thought it was my body telling me to get some caffeine, and maybe something to eat. I ignore it and continue driving. All of a sudden, this guy starts running out in the middle of the road. I barely see him since he was wearing dark clothes. I managed to slow down, and I noticed he looked pretty freaked out. Now, I listen to a lot of creepy podcasts ranging from true crime to supernatural. I know the rules to stay safe in situations. I wish I listened to them today. I normally wouldn't have stopped, but I knew that if something happened to me, I would want someone to stop. So I did. Luckily, I kept my car running and I rolled my window down a little bit just so I can talk to the guy. I asked him if he was okay and he started freaking out saying that someone was trying to kill him. He told me his dog was ripped apart in front of his lawn and he tried to pick the remains up to try and bury it, but he saw a man running after him with a knife. He said he thought it was probably a coyote or something so he wasn't suspicious but he ran off when he saw this man. Now, I was pretty freaked out, but I noticed something. Yeah, it was dark, but with the lights on inside my car and the lights that were on in front of the subdivision, I could see pretty well. He was younger, about mid-thirties, dark black hair and green eyes. He was wearing a hunter's jacket and jeans. I live in Idaho, so hunter's jackets are pretty normal attire. What I noticed, however, there was no blood or fur anywhere on him. I asked him why there wasn't any blood on him, and his whole demeanor changed. It was like I was turning off the switch. My blood went cold. He stared at me for what felt like hours, but it was probably only a couple of seconds. What came out of his mouth next was the final straw for me. His whole body relaxed, he stopped shaking, and he leaned closer towards my window and smiled at me. It was a twisted type of smile, and his eyes went dark. He took a deep breath and said, I was going to help you, and then started cackling and tried to open my car door and immediately rolled up the window, put my car into drive and sped off down the road, not stopping for anyone. Once I finally got to work, I started crying. I still have 10 minutes before I have to go in, and honestly, I'm terrified to get out of my car. This is the guy that wanted to help me. Let's not meet ever again. In my first year of college, when I was 18 to 19, just a pup, I lived in the dormitories like many first years. The first week there, they had a big meeting, a welcome to res, with admin and housekeeping stuff. One of the campus security managers was there to talk about safety. One piece of advice he gave was, if you see anyone hanging out around that looks suspicious, the best thing to say is, can I help you? Because it doesn't sound too confrontational, but you'll figure out pretty quick who isn't supposed to be there. This advice always stuck with me and came in handy one day. Fast forward a few months later to summertime. I've got a summer student job at the office. 
a big step up from the retail-slash-food service jobs I've had as a teen. It wasn't a big skyscraper with 50-plus floors. The floor I was on was only accessible by keycard. The bathrooms were located in the elevator lobby. There were a couple of other students that summer. And they put us all in the same area. One day, one of the other students left to go to the bathroom. When she returned to her desk, I then got up and walked out of the open area to the office, probably to go use the photocopier or something. A man I'd never seen before was standing there. He was holding a roll of paper in his hands and was looking around the office. His arm was sort of shaking like he had had too much caffeine, and he looked kind of scuffy. Looking back at it, he was probably on drugs. Remembering the security manager's advice, I said, Can I help you? Yeah, he said. I need a lawyer, please. Now, the floor I was on had lawyers working there, but it wasn't the kind of lawyers that took clients from the public. They worked solely for the organization. I knew something wasn't right. Who let you in? I asked. Oh, just some chick. Seemed nice. Something clicked. I knew he was talking about the other student, the one who had just come back from the bathroom. Not knowing what else to do, I told the man to come with me and I went to one of the lawyers that was working that day. Explained the dude said he needed a lawyer. He was very mysterious and said that he didn't want to say much about why he was there and kind of frowned at me. Like he was insulted that I asked why he was there. She wrote down a phone number for one of the legal aid officers for him and walked him out of the office with me. He thanked her profusely and offered to shake her hand and said, Can I get your name? The lawyer said no and we shut the door on him. I thanked her for helping me, saying I didn't know what to do. She said no problem and agreed the guy seemed weird. Then I went to the other student who left her desk earlier and she said yes, there was a man standing in the hallway. He said hi to her very politely. She just said hi and shrugged it off and kept walking. She didn't realize it, but he had caught the door behind her before it closed and followed her in. She didn't see him, she definitely didn't let him in as well, she said. And then I called the building security number. Some guards came up to the floor and I told them what happened and described the man's appearance. They told me sometimes people would try to break into offices to steal laptops or something. They then took statements from the lawyer and the other student. I asked how he could have known the floor I was on had lawyers. They said he probably didn't know, but that the building was full of them, so when caught, he said it to avoid suspicion. They sent another guard to check the rest of the building for him, but said he likely just took off because having someone stop him and be on to him probably freaked him out. They told me I did the absolute right thing by calling them. Thank you campus security manager for giving me some sound advice. Scruffy creep that tried to break into my office. Let's not meet. When I was near six at primary school, our school decided we would have a residential trip to one of those adventure places where you go kayaking and do other similar activities we were all assigned to our rooms of eight 
One night, after I had done many activities, I came back to my room and had looked out the window where I could see a strange man in all black sat on the bench. Before going to sleep, I went to the bathroom and shut the window. In the middle of the night, many of us in the room woke up to the sound of the bathroom door creaking and saw a strange man come out. He stood there staring at us. I will never forget the feeling of his eyes staring into my soul. After what felt like hours, he disappeared back into the bathroom. At first, I thought this was just a nightmare, but in the morning, my roommates asked me if I saw it too, and when I said yes, I could tell it sent shivers down all of our spines. After that, I went to check if the bathroom window was open, and it was, so someone must have opened it in the night. Strange man in our room, let's not meet. Context happened in a mall about five to six years ago. I was all alone during that time. Story. I just got out of the music school and stayed outside for a bit. I don't remember much of what I was doing back then, but I think I was just playing on my phone or texting as I was just minding my own business. A man approached me and provoked me when he tapped on my shoulder. Keep in mind that I don't know who the guy is and I haven't seen him anywhere. By the clothes he wore, he seemed to be a barber from a nearby salon. At that time, I assumed he approached me only to ask for the time or directions. But no, he asked me about my name, age, and if I'm available. He was being suggestive at me. Nervous, I didn't reply. I just stared at him, not knowing what to do. Later on, I hesitated and went back inside the school and told my teacher. She then told me to stay inside for a while. After about 30 minutes, she let me go and I went straight home. I never spoke about it to my parents or siblings. A few weeks later, me and my dad went to the same mall to buy something. As I passed by the music school, I saw the guy. I was horrified as I had thought that he was scolded by the school after what happened last time. Fortunately, he didn't seem to remember me and I was relieved. So that's my story. Even though I'm now 18 and currently live far away from what happened, I still wishing that I would never meet this guy ever again. It's been a few days since this took place, and I'm still kind of creeped out. Nothing really happened, but it feels like a close call type of situation that could have gone very badly. This is my first and hopefully last time posting in the subreddit. I'm currently taking my first year of astronomy class in university for an easy credit. When we were discussing the planets, the professor mentioned that Jupiter and Saturn are highly visible in the south west sky in the evening so that the first star you see is actually Jupiter, which is pretty neat. I decided to go out that evening by the lake and, sure enough, was able to see Jupiter. Now the light pollution in the town is pretty bad, but down by the waterfront, the light is somewhat minimized. There is also no street lamps in the immediate vicinity, which makes stargazing decent. 
I began to go down by the waterfront at dusk, around 7 p.m., and staying a few hours to observe and learn the constellations using a stargazing app. I did this for almost two weeks straight, weather permitted. My professor also mentioned to the class that binoculars are better for stargazing than a telescope for beginners, so I bought a pair of binoculars online. A few nights ago, Monday, I'm writing this on a Friday, I decided to go much later, around 9.20pm, with my new binoculars for the first time, so it was already dark out. I wanted to try and take some pictures of Jupiter with my phone looking through the binoculars. I usually cut across a tiny parking lot to get down to the waterfront. It should be noted that the parking lot is beside a small historical tower, which has a little hill behind it. As I'm able to cross the dark parking lot, no lamps or light sources, I hear a, hey, and stop. I hear nothing else. And as the silence stretches on, start to get creeped out. I turn around and start to walk back home. But as I'm nearing the street, I think to myself, you know what? No. I want to test these binoculars out. I ignore my gut feeling. I'm a little neurotic and my gut feeling are often an overreaction. But instead of crossing the parking lot, I decided to go around the tower and sit on the little hill behind it. Because I don't know who is by the water and I don't want to risk it. The tower is close to the street, which means there's fewer street lamps nearby, but the tower blocks the light out enough. Huge mistake. As I'm fiddling with binoculars and trying to take pictures, I notice two figures making their way up the hill in my direction. Now that in itself is not a big deal, but I started to get a weird feeling again. Just this really strong gut reaction that something isn't right, and that I need to leave now. Again, I brush it aside and tell myself I'm being paranoid and stupid, and to just focus on what I'm doing. They're probably just out for a stroll. It's a nice night. When I put the binoculars down again, I notice that they're closer, and still walking straight towards me. My eyes have adjusted to the dark by now, and I can see that they're two men. Good evening, I say trying to sound cheery and to ward off any worry but I get no response. What's weird is that I know that they're within earshot, and a normal person would say hello back, right? One guy stops walking and looks out onto the street. The other guy keeps walking towards me and stops. Both of them are kind of backlit, so I can't see their features very well. One of them seems to have a beard. Both are wearing big black coats. Hello, I ask very loudly. The guy with the beard is about 20 feet away from me, but I can't tell if he's looking at me or just in my general direction. I know that he's definitely within earshot at this point. He takes a few slow steps towards me and stops, 15 feet away. My mind is racing and I'm trying to remember any self-defense techniques I learned in high school gym class, but coming up empty. Hello? I ask again and again get no verbal response. Instead, he takes a few more steps and pauses, ten feet away. I just have alarm bells going off in my head at this point, and the feeling of, get out of here now, has completely gripped me. It suddenly dawns on me that there's nobody around, 
It's just me and these two men behind the tower in the dark. I need to leave in a way that won't make them react badly. I pull out my phone, trying to keep an eye on the guy, hoping that he can't see my screen as I'm shaking so much. I'm struggling to open the phone app. I eventually managed to open it after what feels like an eternity and pretend to dial a number because this is a hand-me-down phone and I use it to take pictures and videos, aka no SIM card, aka I can't call for help. My actual phone is at home. Hi, Mom, I say loudly and trying to steady my voice. I'm looking at the stars. Yeah, they're really pretty. As soon as I say those words, they instantly start walking away. Part of me wanted to try to get a picture of them, to possibly report them. I mean, what if this happened before? But my instinct to get me away from the area was stronger. Since the tower is in a circle, they could have easily just walked away from the tower to intercept me on the other side, so I didn't risk it. I didn't even try to pack up my binocular properly. I just grabbed my stuff loudly saying things like, yep, I'm coming home, and pretending to be on the phone, only hanging up once I was in a brightly lit area and around other people. Nobody followed me, thankfully. Fundamentally, nothing really happened. The whole ordeal was probably three minutes long, from them walking up the hill to them leaving. But if you remove the emotions I felt, just looking at the events objectively, it's incredibly creepy how they never replied, despite being within earshot, and how quickly they booked it as soon as I pretended to call my mom. I have no idea what they had planned, but it couldn't have been good given their behavior. I realized afterwards that I never told anyone what I was doing, and nobody knew where I was or what time I was planning to get back, and given that I'm not great at replying to messages, and am a friendless recluse, and my housemates and I are in completely different programs at uni. No classes together. It's reasonable to assume that nobody would have noticed I was gone for another 12 plus hours. I don't want to know what they would have done if they'd called my bluff and realized nobody was on the other end of the phone. I'm pretty convinced that the shout from the parking lot is not connected to them and we're just uni students being hooligans and that I was indeed being paranoid the first time my instincts kicked in. I'm still a little shaken up, which is admittedly a little silly since it's already been a few days, and I should be over by now, because it's such a minor incident. I've had a few nightmares in which the situation has drastically different ending. I won't let this event scare me away from stargazing, but I'll make sure to bring something to defend myself with and to tell my housemates where I am what time I should be back, and when to check up on me the next time I go out, to the two silent creepy men behind the tower. If we ever meet again, watch out. Note. I checked Google to see if there were any reports on kidnapping slash attempted kidnappings, assaults, or criminals that might have matched the description, but found nothing. This happened not too long ago. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about really, but it will probably come out in the news anyways, so I guess I should tell my side before the media makes a field day of it. I can see the headlines now. 
26-year-old virgin gets abducted by the only girl he's ever talked to. Alright, they'll probably have more class than that, but anyone who can read between the lines will see it. I'm a bit of a weeaboo. There, I admitted it. I was at an anime con. And in cosplay. I went as All Might for My Hero Academia, if you need to know. It was right around the Death Note booth. I turned from a heated discussion about Elle when I bumped into her. She was amazing. Cute little ears and a perfectly painted nose. Her whiskers were so realistic, and that tail. I fell for her as soon as she said, Excuse me, ow, and started to clean herself with her paws. I said sorry, and then introduced myself. How I had the courage to speak at all is beyond me, but I did. She said something else, and it was funny. We laughed. When I turned to walk away, she began to follow me. It was subtle at first, but I finally figured it out. Every time I turned back, she was staring at me. It should have creeped me out, yet it didn't. I had never had that kind of attention from anyone before, and it was flattering. She would give this cute little wave with her paws and meow or purr at me. So damn adorable. I finally said, come here kitty, and she skipped up to me. We spent the day looking at mangas and talking about this lore and that. She said her name was Chi. I assumed she was using a fake name because that's a character from Chobits. It didn't matter though. She was cute and fun and playful and perfect, or so I thought. We stayed together until the convention closed down that day. Before we parted ways, I gave her my phone number and she gave me the silver bell she wore on her collar. I didn't know it at the time, but she was essentially giving me her calling card. I waited for weeks for a phone call from her, but I wasn't surprised when it never came. In fact, it was so long afterwards that we would meet again, I almost forgot about her. It was months later when I was coming out of a grocery store that I noticed something odd on my car's windshield wiper. It was a little silver bell. I looked around and couldn't find a trace of who had left it. I knew though because I had an identical one at home. A few days later I found another one in my mailbox, then one on my desk at work, and finally one on my bed at home. Yeah, I was freaked out. Someone had come into my parents house all the way downstairs and left a silver bell on my pillow. I was turning it in my hands when there was a knock on the door. My mom yelled out that there was a package for me so I went to go get it. She asked me who it was from but there was no return address on it. I made something up and told her it was from one of my fan club groups. She quickly lost interest at that which allowed me to take it downstairs and open it in peace. Inside the box there were hundreds of silver bells just like the ones I had been finding. What made this different though was at the bottom there was a dead mouse. It looked like it had had its throat cut. Truly disturbing stuff. I didn't know what to tell people. I figured they'd all laugh at me or make fun of me or not believe me at all. So I did what anyone would do. I buried the mouse and threw out all the bells I had gotten. I now realize I had just destroyed a lot of evidence. But understand, I was freaking out and not thinking clearly. The next day I began to receive phone calls, one at first, then a few days later, almost one every hour. No one would talk on the other end. It would be meowing or soft purrs for like five minutes straight, then they'd hang up. The number only showed up as private. 
I began to let them go to voicemail. It continued for about a week. On the last day, I had over 200 messages of things like this. Finally, they just stopped. A week after the last phone call, I received a letter. Again, it had no return address. Quickly, I took it downstairs before my mom even noticed I had gotten anything. In the privacy of my own room, with only my Spike Spiegel and Fist of the North Star posters to witness, I opened the letter. I screamed. Inside was a picture of a girl in a cat suit. Her face was hidden behind her two paws, but it was what was at the end of those paws that startled me. They had claws for sure. It's just that they looked like some kind of Freddy Krueger adaptation. Long knives extended from her fingers covered in fur. On the back, she had written, You will be with Meow forever, senpai. Again, I did what any rational person would do. I burnt the picture. In my mind, if it didn't exist, then it didn't happen. Makes sense, right? By this time, I really needed a drink. So I headed to the bar to forget all of this. Probably put back more white claws than I should have, but you know how it is. After the first one, they're so damn smooth. Anyways, at some point, a woman sat down next to me, and for the second time in my life, she began to talk to me. Remember, I had never seen Chi out of her costume before, so I didn't know what she really looked like. We talked for a bit, and she encouraged me to drink with some silly game she had made up. It worked, and by the time I was ready to leave, which was probably about five drinks too late, I could barely stand. She offered to walk me outside and wait with me for a cab. We must have been out there for about ten minutes before I finally slurred out the question of whether she had actually called a cab or not. That's when she licked the back of her hand and began to clean herself with it. I tried to run, I really did, but I didn't get more than two steps before I fell over 